people that waste time, people that don't follow up on action items. And then just, you know, um, I just think people that are more selfish driven, I'm here to get mine, all about me, blah, blah, blah. Those are the type of people that you don't want, especially if you want them to grow your team. When I first started going to the Gardena office and I would see you guys walk out, I would just be like, not scared, but I would be like, oh my God, like I saw him in a podcast because (laughs) the edification has a whole like different level in in that company because it's like you're untouchable. You have to qualify to talk to them. And, and it was like, and seeing you guys like coming in and out of those offices, I was like, I felt like you guys were celebrities. <laughs> uh, but I really, what feel like to me separates people from a good candidate from a great candidate is someone. That- Thanks for joining this week on the Lead Sales Podcast. I'm very happy to join in studio by Kyle Sunishi, family friend. Yeah. yeah. So, so Kyle is a, uh, a my best friend's cousins by marriage. Yep. Correct. Best friends, cousins, husband. We're all Asian. Yeah. We're the same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's 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 joining us out of Gardenum up the street, right? Yep. So uh and also co-host John, John Backron. How are we doing? And we got uh a remote guest for a little bit later. We got Elisa Montiel. So we'll get to her in a second, but uh, Kyle, you know, thank you for joining us in the office today. We, we uh, wanted to to come in and, and have a little chat because Kyle actually just, uh, you know, he he inquired about this a long time ago, joining insurance, getting getting into FFL. Uh, sent out the course. He started it. I think he took a break. Started, took a break. Started, took a break. <laughs> Which I mean, it's not because he just was sitting around doing nothing. You know, he had had a baby along the way. Oh, congrats! Yeah. Congratulations. Um, also, he he had a real estate business. He has a real estate business and he had, I don't know, a few other jobs, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, a couple of things keeping me busy, busy men. So, so what, what made you look in, look to get into insurance in the first place? Uh, I mean, my dad does insurance. He does auto and home insurance has nice. had his own, uh, business for about 40 years. So our insurance is something that I've always known growing up. Um, but yeah, I just see, um, opportunities through it. And, uh, and I saw, some of the, the lavish vacations I've been on with Albert <laughs> and uh, been able to see all those and uh, realize that um, it's a cool way to make some passive income and uh, a cool way to take care of your family and take care of others. So definitely got me interested. Yeah. Some of the, some of those places were kind of, were pretty fun, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, so just to go back to that. I mean, if, if not for that, would you have thought there's that much money in insurance or that look, it could be that potentially that lucrative? No, I probably wouldn't have because it was, Totally caught me out of the blue. Yeah. <laughs> you invited us over to this house in San Diego and yeah. had a train and a basketball court. You and got him. <laughs> giant pool with the water slide. That, that water yeah. slide was legit. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> and the food that you flew, that you like had delivered in. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty good. Well, yeah. I mean, so that was totally not planned because at first, because it was the height of COVID. Yeah. So like, you know, just wanted to get together with some family friends and just hang out and then I rented out this compound and then, you know, we invited Kyle and Kyle and his wife over and you know, just, they came over. I'm glad you did. That was not a recruiting ploy, but <laughs> it worked. <laughs> I wanted you to come and hang out and spend some time. And, you know, yeah, it was, it was a fun time, but also, yeah, I mean, it was, it's those little moments. It's just like, this is why you work so hard for it. And I'm sure Elisa is going to talk about, talk about this too. It's just, 
the reason why you work so hard is so you can do things not necessarily for the material things. It's more for the freedom of being able to do these things without worrying about money. Yeah. So when you when you when you you were like, okay, now you, you kind of knew about insurance a little bit, but then you saw, okay, this is this looks like it's real. Mm-hmm. And then is that when you talked to me about joining? Probably a few months after that. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, definitely after um after that it got me thinking about like, you know, this might be real. Uh Danae had talked to me a little bit about it, family friend. Um yeah, just something that I could do passively and and kind of what you mentioned, uh what for me, I have a young family, young, young son. And for me, what's most important is giving him experiences and not more of the materialist thing, materialistic things, but more giving him things that I didn't have growing up or giving him the best of what I never had. Or that's kind of like what my main goal is now. So I think that any avenue or opportunity that allows me to do that, I'm definitely interested in. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm I'm also, I'm also I used to be a little bit more nervous about bringing in people I know because I feel like the pressure is really on because I, I feel right. like I got I got to make sure that they they make money they produce yeah. and then I'm like so there's a good accountability to it. But at our, you know at our last at our last company John and I was we were at a company together for what, 11, 10, 11 years. 10, 11 years. And so the thing is is like we could bring people in and we know that you could make money but the odds are not necessarily in your favor. Dude, like the turnover rate was too high. Yeah, I felt like you had to be really extremely, extremely skilled or you can get by without their system or their structure. Where where it's uh, flipped here, you don't you don't want to be extremely skilled because you'll try to look for like the like outside of this system structure to try to make successful. You just need to work hard and we have enough resources. Right. I I thought you were going to say, hopefully if they come in that they don't. They don't need to get by on very much. Oh, out of our last COVID. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, you know, you, have- you feel bad people having like families trying to come right. in, wait for like a two, three weeks of like training and checkouts. Like, bro, you got bills to pay, man. Right. It's rough. Yeah. But yeah, here I'm here. I'm very confident because I, I, I think there's, there's already infrastructure. There's already mm-hmm. a good system in place. So the thing is you can, you can come in here. And it's pretty turnkey. Uh, the thing is like John kind of mentioned, like, you don't need to try to reinvent the wheel. I think sometimes people make things much more complicated than it needs to be because they, you know, they they bring in their their past experience and oh, this uh, this one thing worked to a certain degree and like let me let me just try to reproduce that whole thing. Uh, which I don't know if it worked that well, it would still be there, right? Right. But that's that's kind of the thing. But did, I re- I remember when you when you first came and talked to me about it. I just know you as like a very nice, respectful guy. And then you know when it comes to sales, like you know. You, Yes, you you could you could definitely be courteous and respectful, but you still need to be a little bit aggressive. You got to be you got to you got to go out there and ask for what you want. Right. So I mean, I, at first I wasn't sure, quite sure if that was something that was within your wheelhouse, Kyle. But then you started telling me about your shoe collection. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about that? Um, that's just something I got into way back in middle school. Nice. I was in a Michael Jordan commercial in seventh grade and yep. started fall in love with shoes and started getting every pair of shoes that I that I could get my hands on was working minimum wage jobs just so I could buy like the newest pair of Jordans out every wow. other Saturday and just through that um was able to acquire like uh, over 200 something pairs ended up selling that back in 2016 and bought a condo off of the money that I made off of the shoes and what now I'm renting that out and yeah that's my some of my passive income and Part of the reason why I started getting into real estate too. 
So you were collecting like nice and shoes. What was the most expensive shoe? One pair of shoe that you got to sell? I sold a pair of shoes probably for about forty eight hundred bucks. What pair was that? Like a pair of Norman foam posit. It was like a, it was like you had to enter a contest to win it, and yeah. then Nike would ship it to you. Um, I didn't win it, but I bought it off of someone, and then I ended up selling it later on. But yeah, Jeez. that was definitely something that I used to spend all my time doing, and just in recruiting um you know that you mentioned i did recruiting i started off in like a staffing agency the staffing agencies are pretty cutthroat it's yeah. like outbound calls sales like you have the amount of volume that you reach is the how is the amount of success that you'll have and just seeing my name like on a board or just growing up playing basketball sports um seeing competitiveness and like seeing myself on the very bottom of the list and like every couple of weeks i would inch up and that's something that motivated me to see um, like what what I could be doing to increase that volume, increasing like how could I be better at that? How could I become a better uh, recruiter? How could I make more money? And then just having those commissions that would come in every week because of what I was doing really kind of motivated me that way. So I feel like I've always been numbers and metrics driven. I feel like that kind of correlates and corresponded to real estate, which corresponds to this, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so initially I had I had my not doubts about you, but just doubts if this was a right fit. Mm -hmm. And then when I heard about your shoe collection and how you how you flipped that, you parlayed that into a condo. I'm like, yeah, I think he's got the entrepreneurial spirit. I think I think he <laughs> yeah. figured it out. That and you've worked commission before, so you're not afraid of it, right? Yeah, yeah, I've worked. I mean, it was salary plus commission, but I mean, definitely something that I know that why would you not work hard if it's untapped commission, right? right. You're working for yourself, and there's nothing really that's better than that. You control your own outcome. Also, one thing that Kyle and I were discussing before we before we came on, we're we're talking about, you know, what systems you can plug into, you know, how you know what a, what a normal day to day looks like. So we just kind of I'm trying to set as clear of expectations as possible, so we can he knows what he's getting himself into. But also, you know, we talked about his experience as a recruiter, you know, and look if if you have recruiting skills. And you come into this business that you're not looking to build a team. That's your that's your decision, 100. You want to focus on personal production. You can make a very good career out of it. But the thing is, if you already have that, that skill set, and the thing that got me really like you know got me really thinking because he said, "Well, I have I have a network of these different recruiters," and I'm like, "Imagine just recruiting agents." But if wow. you start recruiting recruiters, that yeah. can recruit more agents. I mean, like you can multiply your efforts, and like that's like the opportunity is like huge to build build a team and. You do want to build a team, right? Yeah, eventually. I think once I get it down, I would kind of was telling you I'd want to get process down, kind of show my friends like, hey, the proof is in the pudding. This is what I'm doing. Um, people a lot of a lot of times people come with the unproven concept, and that doesn't really sell as well as of like, hey, I'm making X amount of money per week. Here's my paycheck, or here's what you know, just more visibility. Right. That I think that contributes to more buy-in. Sure. So yeah, I mean, think definitely long term. I'd like to build my team maybe in like six to a year six months a year out i think for right now really just ground myself and figure out what i'm doing okay learn the basics and so you're giving yourself like a six-month personal production yeah show it mm -hmm. yeah i feel like anytime you jump into a new industry it's like six months is you kind of figure out what the hell you're doing after six months yeah that's a real logical methodical approach <laughs> i mean so i mean yeah six six months is, is a good mark i mean you you might Maybe might, do it earlier. Yeah, yeah. You might might see this, the results earlier, but yeah, you're you know I I think 
lot. We were just talking about this on Monday at the uh, sales conference when Trey was up there talking about there was agents that, that were talking about wanting to recruit, but then they say, I'm going to wait until I'm ready. Yeah. I'm going to wait until I learn more and wait until, you know, I get to a certain point. I don't really know how to, how to present this, but then, you know, Trey was like, that's actually the best time for some people to recruit mm. because, you know, you can come in and, and just be like, yeah, here, here's this great opportunity. Like I suck. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I do this. And then I just make this much. Yeah. And, but I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep working. I'm going to get better. And then, and then, then the people will hear and be like, what this guy's making this much money. Right. Right. Yeah. And then like, he doesn't even know what he's doing. And then, you know, so then the whole goal is to try to get them to get curious. And then you'll ask them, they'll ask, what do you do again? And then say, I don't know. Let me just put you in touch with my upline. And so that, that was a pretty good technique we took away from Monday sales conference. Yeah. So I think it's, it's a, it's a two, two prong approach with it. Um, his approach, it's, it's a common approach, right? You want to make sure you're recruiting, especially the people that's uh, close to you or around you, you got to have a proven system. Um, but the second prong to it's like, I would share it still because you just don't know what situation other people are in, where does that individual, do you know somebody that might need the opportunity now because they need the income now then six months later mm. where they could be in a dire situation from that on. Right. So we have a plug and play model where you don't have to particularly be the one that can produce all the results because we have success from other people's results. So I think from your personal production, from your close friends and family members that you want to bring in and, and in people that you feel like are now high quality individuals, they want to see those proof in the pudding. But there could be some others that's like, hey, happenstance, um, acquaintances, people that are in like bad situations, maybe some some odd jobs that they're they're jumping left and right. They might be available for the opportunity now. Right. And then we can help and support those too. Yeah. So, I mean, it, the one's the best time to recruit. It's, it's pretty much any time. Yeah. You know, because there's there's pros and cons to everything. Now, the thing is, with Kyle Kyle's perspective of you know he wants to make make his own money first, understand this business a little bit more because that lends credibility to the people you're trying to talk to. There definitely is some truth behind that because yeah. Kyle, if 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 uh, I was always around at the family functions <laughs> and I was a bum, I was constantly borrowing money. Like I didn't I didn't make any money. Like <laughs> you, like you wouldn't be inclined to come ask me what I do, right? Yeah. So, so there is something something behind that. But so the thing is, like, whenever that situation arises, you could take that personal responsibility and be like, "I need to be successful because if I want to build my business or if I want to put other people on, like, why shouldn't I work harder and and be able to show a little bit more success and show the opportunity and show people that it can be done? It's not about the flex. It's not about how do I show off. It's it's just about there's people out there looking for opportunity. And if I make it look like terrible, if I make it look terrible and it's, and it's not not that lucrative, even though it actually is a good opportunity, like I'm not handling my responsibilities as a man. You're ruining the sales part. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, blowing, putting, I'm putting a black eye on FFL. You're blowing the opportunity for others <laughs> before they even try it. Right. <laughs> Makes sense. And then, you know, plus you, you also like, you could attract better, better caliber people too. Like I consider a high caliber individual right and just because i mean from your business experience and from the different things that you've done like yeah i mean i think i think i would love to have the opportunity to work together to see where this thing goes i mean nothing's guaranteed obviously you know we still got to yeah. do our respective parts but yeah that's something that you know I'm, I'm uh i'm excited to do yeah definitely yeah and like kind of going back to what you said um like if you were a bum borrowing money if you you know didn't have you know a certain way and the the way that you kind of um 
portrayed it was just like you never were really like salesy. It was more just more conversation. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that got me interested because there's nothing worse than being in a room when someone's trying to sell you something that you have no interest in, right? Or And I did, never felt like you were pushy, never felt like you went out of your way to talk to me about it. It was more like I was talking to you about it and you would just answer the questions and give me more informa- information, which kind of made my mind start spinning a little bit and got me interested in doing it myself. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Excited for that opportunity coming up. So um, if I may ask, since you you are a a good recruiter, when it comes down to recruiting, you know, for everyone here uh, looking to build a team, can you share like some questions, the right questions to filter an individual to see if they're going to be good for this opportunity, especially coming from a commission type uh, person? Our biggest, I would say my biggest challenge, but common to other agents is that finding an individual you think they're the greatest thing. They have great personality, but their mindset is stuck on a W2 mindset and they're, they're fearful. They're scared of the entrepreneurship, you know, the, the investment part, the long-term play, the cost of uh, running a business. What kind of questions would you ask for, for uh, bringing in a recruiting? Uh, that's a great question. I think in recruiting, um, I've interviewed tons of recruiters for my companies. I've worked at, mm-hmm. um, you know, Tesla and Meta prior. Yeah. And um, when I'm, Always trying to when I when I'm interviewing people to bring onto our companies, I, it's more of like a culture and certain things like that. Do you fit the culture? Do you fit the brand that we're trying to build? Hey guys, thanks for watching. If you guys enjoying what you guys are seeing, you guys have any comments, questions, please click on the link below. Please like, subscribe, follow, share, whatever it is to help support our cause. We support you as well. Thank you guys very much. Click below. Appreciate you. Uh, but I really what feel like to me separates people from a good candidate from a great candidate is someone that is willing to go that extra mile uh, someone that whether they follow up they show you like characteristics of a high performing individual like whether they're saying you know like i'll oh, follow up with email or you tell them like hey can you send me this and they get sent it to you within an hour okay or just like the small things that most people would just take for granted and you say or they'll maybe send you a thank you email right after your interview or just certain things where you know that this person has a little bit extra to them or you talk to them and you see, I always ask people like, why are you here? What, what is your purpose in this job? Or like, what do you want to do? Do you just want to collect a paycheck? Do you want to just, um, you just be here to, yeah, because you have to provide for your family. Like what's the, what is your why? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and when I find out people's why and, and when I figure out like, Oh, my why is to be promoted, to grow and to be, you know, like um, a top producing performer here at this company, or I don't want to just be stuck here. I want to be making this. I want to pr- uh, help my mom retire. Like those are the type of people that like, I f- feel like have um, th- that little extra, that little um, extra spice or whatever you want to call it. Or um, those are the type of people that I will tell like the rest of my team, like we need to hire that person or we need to figure out what we can do to get this person on board. Do you do extra research on him too? I, since you know you're doing meta, <laughs> you check your Facebook yeah, page, social media. <laughs> Let me see what no, kind of. I mean, not kind of weird post you're putting here. <laughs> yeah, not too much. I mean, you can kind of get a vibe from a person just being yeah. in a room with them. But uh, yeah, there's definitely some backgrounds and stuff that goes through that. But I mean, I feel like it's more of a vibe and just me talking to. At this point in my career, hundreds of people, maybe thousands of just like you kind of know within ten to fifteen minutes if this person's going to be a good fit or not, and. More of an intuition, gut thing. Yeah. What since you were on the recruiting side, did you ever have to? I mean, or did you get to see the end result as far as 
how their performance actually was when, once they got hired were you yeah. was i mean were you kept in the loop about that that kind of stuff yeah so a lot of them i would hire specifically for my team okay. so i would say i don't want this person or not interested or this person's gonna be. there's a couple of people where i was like we need to have those people because i know that they're gonna do really well and some of them i mean doesn't always pan out the way you want so, um obviously people have their own agendas and different things that might come up in their lives but there is a couple one or two hires specifically where i, I knew i had to have that person on my team and they ended up being worth every single um investment that i've poured into them and more uh, made you know everybody a lot of money themselves a lot of money just uh yeah you could just see what they're doing it for and they have that extra motivation that that it factor kind of yeah but you you had to have seen a couple of cases in which you're like this candidate has everything the they 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 seem like they're a high performer. They talk a really great game. They're gonna they're gonna you know they say they say this and that. They they got all the markers. Yeah, and then they came in and became a total dud. Yeah, I mean that happens, but I mean that's that's just life, right? You 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 can't get things right a hundred percent. But I think for uh for me, what I really try to look out for in terms of recruiting is the people that have uh, nothing to lose, like they just have everything to gain. Um, people that like come from less. Typically, uh, a couple of the one of the hires that I um, recruited back and when I first started, uh, just graduated college, was like really hungry, just felt like he had like a desire just to soak everything in and would always try to sit next to me and ask me a bunch of questions. I'm like, okay, this guy really just wants to learn uh, and I'm just going to do my best to pour into him. And he ended up being really, really good. So those are the type of people that you want to pour your energy and effort into. We got a couple more. Yeah. What about red flags? What? What? So you you have a, in your sense, you know, you have a pattern of who's a high achiever, right? And then based on all the interviews you've had, you know who's going to be a good fit. So you got to have like a quick oh knockout. What are knockout from a recruit standpoint? Uh, just like people that you know you think that won't be good fits right away. Or? Yeah. What are what are your like automatic like yeah yeah can't no. Even hire this guy. Uh, people that uh, for me, it's timeliness because I feel like something like if I'm going to show up and invest my time into, you say be here at two thirty, I'm here at two thirty or two twenty five, and you're here at two fifty. Like people that waste your time, I feel like I don't really have a lot of patience for because I feel like they're one. not taking your time seriously. So why would I value their time? Right. You know, like it's it's like my time spending an hour here might cost you twenty dollars because maybe that's your your salary, your hourly wage, but my hourly cost for being here is a lot more where I could be doing something else right. further my time, right? And further my income. So I feel like that that to me is a huge one on um, people that don't take your time or um, effort seriously. Uh, people that you set action items for and we call them action items items in recruiting where you say like, hey, have this done by the end of the day. We're going to go over it. And then people that just don't come through on you know simple things that you might ask them to do. Did you guys do like multiple set of interviews, like a two-step, three-step? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two to three steps. And um, yeah, um, when I come on, I think that's something that I could talk to you about, kind of how to weed out those type of people sure. and uh, make it more efficient for you. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think uh, for me, um, definitely just time pe- people that waste time, people that don't follow up on action items. And then just, you know, um, I just think people that are more selfish driven or motivated by themselves instead of helping other people especially in this business i feel like oh, yeah for sure. uh, i think if you're just in it for yourself and like i'm here to get mine i'm here it's all about me blah 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 those are the type of people that you don't want especially if you want them to grow your team and be a part of a team i feel like those are huge things that's gonna that be 
an okay. ego killer in the future, right? Yeah, yeah. And then you just want people that I mean, like I I grew up playing sports. Basketball is my favorite sport, and what I kind of vision these people and in recruiting is like I'm putting together a team, right? Yeah. What is each person's strengths? Is someone a good shooter? Is someone a good rebounder? Is someone a good passer? Is someone a good defender? Right, and that's what you kind of look for in recruiting. I'm building some people that have like communication skills or um, hard workers or uh, good team builders or um, organized or, you know, those are the type of things. And like when you have those four or five people together, that's a well-performing team, right? They all have different things that mesh well with the team and helps the team improve or achieve success. And that's kind of what I look for. That's good. Good stuff. Yeah. Like departmentalized. Yeah, because not everybody has the same strengths, right? Right. Yeah, everybody has different strengths that make the team better. And that's what you're kind of looking for when you're hiring too. Yep, if you know their questions. Oh, that's good. Well, that actually actually is a really good point. I mean, I was was listening to a podcast with um, Brene Brown and and Simon Sinek and Adam Grant. Mm -hmm. And they they were talking about their different leadership styles. And Adam Grant was talking about how he's nowhere near the leader that... Renee Brown or or uh, Simon Sinek are personally, but then the thing is, they're like that's not true because when it comes to leadership, it's definitely a team sport. Mm-hmm. So the things like there is can't be just be like, oh, this guy's such an amazing leader, this gal's such an amazing leader, and then they can do everything on their own. They got to have people that fall in line, people people that believe in that same vision, that are willing to play their their respective role. You got to have people that 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 buy into the vision and also contribute their parts for that whole thing to, to, to go. So it's not just like, hey, this is one guy and then uh you know he's so awesome that like he just led everybody and these other people didn't have to do anything. That's he's the special sauce the magic sauce. Yeah. Like there's there's none of that. I I'm, I happen to be wearing my prime shirt today. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if y'all see but uh oh, prime <laughs> which they kind of suck, right? If you watch college football. Yeah. Yeah. So Colorado, I mean, I actually used to used to like the University of Colorado when like Cordell Stewart and some of these old 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 school guys were there. But the thing is like they've been bad for a while. Mm. But then the thing is like Deion Sanders came in and like he had he had he had a, a good 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 little run at Jackson State. And then, you know, he decided, hey, I'm I'm too big for this league. And then like, you know. Obviously, you know other other colleges. It's all about recruiting, bringing bringing in uh, bringing in top players so that they put out a good product out there in the field so they can sell more merchandise and they can sell more tickets and then you know helps the university, yeah. which is a whole different story. But um, he kind of took the nation by storm this year because you know they were they were they won one game last year, and then he comes in and they start off like four 0 right? Was it three yeah. 0 Yeah. So they started off and and like. They were they were they beat an they beat a ranked team in TCU in the first game in an exciting game and then they 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 ran it up in the second game and then the third game went this overtime thriller against Colorado State it was just it was just like a really impressive run and then and then because they were so bad and he he didn't really have the personnel to do it like everyone's thinking like hey is this guy going to shock the world and just like <laughs> make them into a contender after in his first year yeah. without his with entire without his entire recruiting class and then the thing is they got stomped by Oregon. Okay. Right? When they played, when they played a real ranked team, and then like you know, took a little bit of luster off, you know. Then then it was just like then they lost again, and then they lost last week against Stanford. So so the thing is, he, I was I was I was always very interested. Like, how is he going to respond to this? Because it's like you know, he came in with all this hype, and every the whole country was like just like 
glued to their TVs, just excited to see like what's going to happen next with mm. with his team. And then everyone knew that he had some good skill players, but then he didn't have the guys in the trenches. Like they're they're, they're both their offensive defensive line was just a little bit they're a little undermanned. Like okay. They don't have they don't have the players that they need. But then the thing is, they still went on there and competed. And the thing is, even though they're 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 four and three or whatever the record is now, the the thing is like, I look I, I saw Coach Prime's post game interview after they lost, and he's like he's like, yeah, I mean like you know you, you guys better get it now because like we're not we're gonna be better next year. Like you guys bet you guys this is the the best time to get me right now because it's not gonna continue to be like this. So my point in all that is just actually if you put out if you like if you have something special to offer like to an organization or to like an overall industry like like he's doing for college football because it's good for the entire sport other coaches may hate mm-hmm. other coaches may may not like him getting all that attention but the thing is he's bringing something different and the thing is believe me players want to go and play for him you know like num- uh, number one they get the attention that they want so they have a better opportunity to go pro they get cool uniforms you get a coach that you know that has a bunch of swag that's gonna that's gonna like you know believe in them and you know so there's there's a lot of things going for them in that organization but the thing is it doesn't happen doesn't need to happen overnight so as long as you know what direction you're going the thing is your confidence should be well beyond where you're currently at mm-hmm. because you see the vision for yourself he sees the vision for what what is what him and his team is going to do so like he's projecting himself he's conducting himself that way and because of that it's attracting the type of people that he wants. Now, if he came in and just be like, yeah, well, you know, we're supposed to suck and blah, blah, blah. It's like, <laughs> who wants, who's really going to be inspired to want to play for that? Or who, who's going to be, be like, you're going to, you're going to get there a lot faster with that, that level of confidence that he is just putting out there in, into the universe that he's carrying around for himself. So I think the more that we can continue to do that for not, it's not just for ourselves. It's not, it's not really about us, but if we can do that and just show other people that, Hey, look, I mean, this is my vision. This is this is how big I think we can get, or this is how how much I'm willing to work for it. Then people will be inspired to follow. And for the people the people that, that want the results right now that don't want to take a leap of faith, I mean, they might just go somewhere else. But that's fine. That's hope. That's a whole part of the weeding out process. You got to get the people that believe in themselves and buy into your vision. And if you can do all that, you, know, you have an opportunity to do some really special things together. Yeah, I think that's good too. Because like. When, when you're really in a spotlight, you know, you, you always hear these post-game interviews. Sometimes coaches throw their their, their kids and their, oh, yeah. their their players under the bus. Right. Oh, we didn't have this much. We didn't have this. That's good for him to just say, okay, it is what it is. We're going to get better. We're coming. Right. Yeah. So he kept it in one unit. Yeah, to, to maintain, maintain that perspective because it's never about wins or losses, you know, in a, on a on a individual basis because, you know, everyone loses. Right. You know, that is just part, it's just part of competing. But the thing is, it's how you respond to it. Like, are you going to let it defeat you, or is it just going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, we could have executed better. We, you know, we we didn't we we didn't do this right. We didn't do this right, and that's the results we get. And we take responsibility for that, and let's move on to the next thing. Yeah, that's really a charismatic thing he's doing, especially for his um, his players because they still gravitate towards him right. for that, right? So no no one feels like they're they're taking the the brunt end of uh, one fault of the the loss, right? And especially at that level, the thing is like he's t- he's taking ownership over everything, you know. So like when they lose, it's always it's about him, and when they win, it's about the kids. So good thing. really cool, really cool deal. So just some, something to consider as you guys continue to progress with your respective careers. You know, if if you're looking to build a team or you're thinking about building a team, I mean, these are some ideas that you know leaders better than I have been coming up with and things that they've employed in their in their process and. 
you know, you'll you'll see the results in the end. And the, and the, and the thing is, if even you don't see results right now, it's a long game. So you guys got to keep keep pushing and keep pushing and do the things that you know are, are right and do the things that you know are going to actually push your business forward. So, but speaking of pushing business forward, my, I'm very happy to be joined uh, remotely today by Elisa Montiel. Welcome, welcome. What you're a, you're a vice president with FFL Fearless. Yeah. Yeah. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear. yeah. Is there someone in the background or someone not? Yeah, Ra Ralph came over. If you could just hang on a little bit. Um, he came over to help us uh, set up our Facebook ad account. Awesome. You know, he just had a... Uh, so he's over there screaming. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell Ralph we said hello. He's, he's one of my favorite guys. <laughs> I know. He told us right now. He said... <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna be here at eleven. I was like, you better not stop with your homeboy Albert first. <laughs> Someone actually saw him driving down, and they're they're like, is he coming on the podcast again? What's up, Ralph? What's going on, my What's man? Up? What's happening. We got to have you back soon, but yeah, let me know. Right. I, I was listening to him talk earlier, and I'm like, I can't believe you look like a like a gangster, but you sound so white. <laughs> <laughs> no, he connects with his people, you know. Mm, yeah. But but actually let's 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 uh, get back to you. So I mean, we we just came off of the LA sales conference on Monday. You know, it was a great event. It was over at the uh, Dream Center. Uh, this was was this your first time training in it in an event that of that size? Um, yeah, it was. Okay, I'm, it was. so I, I I remember uh, trying to come up with the agenda, and I was like I was like oh I definitely need to ask you, and then in, initially you're like oh I'm a little bit nervous, and then I'll. I was I was nervous because every time that I would look up at people, everyone was like taking pictures of me or something. I'm like, I cannot <laughs> be a celebrity. <laughs> Is it true that you you only slept like three hours? I did because I was I was more nervous about like you know being um, late because I have four year old twins, you know, mm -hmm. and they're like um, they still sleep with us. So anytime anybody moves, my husband leaves to work around four thirty in the morning. So anytime somebody moves, they're just like. Um, like so needy, you know, they're very, you know, so I was just more like, oh my God, how am I going to get ready so early and then like not make noise. And, but I ended up managing, you know, to get up and I got them ready first and they were watching me get ready. So it worked out. That's what I was the most nervous about, like, you know, the traffic and stuff. So where, where, where are you guys at? Um, I live in La Puente. Okay. Oh yeah. Yeah. You recently, you recently opened an office on that area too. Yeah, I did. We're in the old town La Puente. It's a nice little community. It's quiet. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. So what, what were your thoughts on the uh, sales conference? What did you get out of it? What was your overall thoughts in general? I personally feel like I've always stuck to everything relentless. You know, Josh and Alondra, like I, I love them. They're my uplines, but I've always stuck to and been to everything relentless. So hearing from, you know, other people, I was like, oh, my God, like, there's, you know, and um, I really liked all the stories I heard. I think the story about, um, you know, the the young man that was in $20,000 of chargebacks and he ended up calling, that's so amazing because, you know, you get 10, 15, $20,000 chargebacks of like roll up dead and you're, oh, my God, I'm going to, you know, you don't even know what you're going to do at that moment. But um you know, stuff like that. And then just to see um, that kid believes yeah. in his, I don't know if he moved here because of Dom, but I'm like, man, he found somebody that poured belief into him and he moved clear across the country 
you know, to be closer to his mentor. And I think that was so amazing. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think I think Jake that was Jacob Bruns and twenty year old kid that was playing college baseball and then him and Dom connected um via DM and then yeah, he he did really well. And this is the problem with most agents like or, or the the big the first hurdle that most agents encounter mm-hmm. is just that you know they come in they, they follow the system they put in the work they make their sales they that get a decent amount of money and they're just like cola works yeah. and then you make this money and then you just think oh it's going to continue on I, I don't need to work anymore <laughs> i can i can go to disneyland i could take a bunch of vacations i could buy a new car i can do all these other things and then oh wait i forgot to put the work in to continue to keep <laughs> this thing rolling and i think i think that's when chargebacks start to happen and you, know, you start building up some debt yeah when, yeah, it, it is great to see like someone that new work oh, his way out of that. I mean, that that to, for for people that are new, the, yeah, that sounds like a lot of money. Yeah. New and not to mention young because he's only twenty years old, and yeah. that's usually when you make the most, you know, financial mistakes in your life when you're that young. So it was really it was really nice to to for everyone to hear him getting out of out of that mess, you know. Definitely, especially for someone that young. I mean, a lot of times. People that young, and maybe this is because I'm a little bit older now. <laughs> I just think like people that young, they, they just want to give up. They just, it's too hard and just, they give up and they just try to go do something else, which by the way, that debt doesn't leave you anyway. But, right. yeah. but you know, pe- people kind of give up. And that, that's the part that I really love hearing from like events like this. You hear people struggle and then like how they, how they figure out how to overcome it. And then now they're a better person for it. Yeah. Right. Which by the way, as a side note, I mean, he said he had twenty thousand in debt, and you know, for I totally get it. When I was brand new, I'd be like, I'd be like, oh man, that's so much money. And then like now, John and I, and like I'm sure Dominic was the same way. And all, all the other people that have been around for a while were like, twenty thousand, chump change, child's play, chump change. Child's play. <laughs> yeah, but but you know, see the thing is, it, it it gets easier because number one, you're better prepared and you know what to do with it. You know how to make more money. You know how to run through it. But also, you've you've leveled up because of the fact that you didn't give up. You've gotten stronger, and oh. you're mentally more capable of handling these 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 uh, challenges. And, and instead of giving up, you're just like, all right, cool. Like, what do I need to do methodically to get rid of this thing? Mm-hmm. And if you stick with it, you figure it out. If you give up, you're always stuck <laughs> with that same level, uh, oh. and that levels that level's no good. Yeah. And it was just, that was my favorite part, like hearing everyone else's experiences and, you know, the training, how they do things. Cause like I said, I was always just, you know, like, Hey, wherever you guys say I'm going to go. But I feel like now I'm at a point where I understand now that if I want to, um, you know, grow, I have to build my own brand and that's what I'm doing. And I have to, you know, learn from other people. And, and I'm glad that I went there and I'm glad that the, a lot of, a big part of our team was able to go. You got to hear from other people. It's not just always the same people. I, I think that was like the biggest thing, hearing from other people and knowing that, you know, there's different experiences. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, and Josh and Alondra are great. It's just it's just yeah. for, for you to have an opportunity to actually speak, you know, for the first time in a, in a setting like this. I mean, I thought it was I thought it was really exciting. And yeah, I, I thought you did really well up there because I've I was like, it really it really hit me because I was like, I remember being at this stage in my career in insurance or in sales in general and just thinking like i i've kind of lost that hunger at times because you know you get up to a certain level you start feeling yourself a little bit and you start thinking like okay well that what's the next thing rather than like what these are the things that got me to this point in the first place so like, i don't understand why i should neglect these things and why i can't continue to push harder on, on these particular areas so yeah thank you very much for for sharing and bringing that back into the consciousness 
Mm-hmm. If I could uh, um, just have you introduce yourself for everyone else, you know, that may have not been there. Can you can you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself? How long have you been with, you know, in insurance and with FFL, where you're at now and where you're headed to? Okay, so I got licensed in 2015 and I was working uh, for American National. Like I work, they have a division of the company called Career Sales and Service Agents. And what they do is they still go every day, every single day to collect people's premiums. And give them coupons, right? (laughs) I don't, when I was working there, I didn't, we didn't do that anymore because, you know, I feel like they make so much money, but then they got so cheap, that specific part, you know? (laughs) My clients... When they, they have American National, they said instead of the tickets, the proof, they call it coupons. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. The sign, yeah, like the proof. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And then there was like, yeah, that you would lose it and I would just write it on the back of my card. And it was, <laughs> yeah. I could totally get in trouble for that. I was supposed to do that. But um, it was fun because, um, like I mentioned over there, I like, for you know for a long time I was a single mom and then once I met my husband I was like oh my god now I could relax a little bit because you know um now I have somebody that helps me and um but then once you start you know living together and you have to buy all you have to pay rent you have to pay all these things like because now you know you're an adult (laughs) um it was like oh my god like I'm not making enough money and the poor guy's like you know, working his ass off and he's doing all, all he's like, he's always been a really great provider, but I always wanted to do more, you know, and every job that I would get, I would get paid a little bit more, but then you really don't see it. So, um, we went up North to Tulare with his aunt and he's like, you're gonna, you're gonna really like her. She's really sweet. She's a good person. You know, you can learn a lot from her. And I think he kind of in his head, like he was ready for us to meet because he, I don't know, he knew we were going to relate and as soon as I walked up, I was like, because they're very, my my in-laws are very humble people. And everyone else that lives around us is like very humble, you know, people. And um, I had like going to that side of town where she lives. I was like, what the heck? Like, you have a family that lives in a house like this, you know? And so I met her. I saw her house. Everything was like so nice. As a mom, as a wife, those are things that you want, you know, like have the nice table, the nice, the fancy refrigerator, you know, everything stocked up from Costco and stuff. I mean, this is how I think. Okay. And um, yeah, you know, like the name brand stuff, the organic stuff, not the, like the bootleg stuff. So (laughs) I was like, I saw that she had like this, this section in her house and it was, it was like a little glass um, cabinet and she had all these pictures of herself with awards and like medals and, and certificates. And I'm like, what do you do? She's like, I sell life insurance. I'm like, life insurance. Like, and she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm a district manager for a life insurance company here. And I was just like, I straight up asked her, I was like, are you hiring? She's like, no, not right now. I'm like, can you let me know when you're hiring? And she's like, you want to come work out here? And she's like, you guys can live, you guys can live here with us. Because at that point, it was just her and her husband. She's like, you guys can live here with us. If you're willing to move, I can get you a job, but it's here. And I looked at my husband. He's like, no. So, (laughs) so, you know, I always like kept in touch with her. I really looked up to her just the way she was. And when we would go out to eat, you know, she would treat everybody real good and she was paying for everything. And I'm like, I want to do that for my family, you know? So she was one of the first people that kind of like opened up my, like my, you know, my very expensive taste that I have now. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, you know, so I, I kept working as she calls my mother-in-law calls me one day and she's like, Monica said to call her right now 
because her brother-in-law is hiring someone at their office in Montclair and you would be working in El Monte. And I'm like, I called right away. The next day I went to an interview and he was like, the job is yours. I just can't hire you right now because um, the agent, she just put in her two weeks and, you know, she's whatever. So I kept calling him every day after that interview. And when I finally started, I felt like it was one of the best things that happened to me. They start you off at $700 a week. That was a lot of money for me because I was making like $700 every two weeks, you know, mm-hmm. um, they, you know, for the first six months, they pay $700 a week. And then that whole time you're getting licensed, you're making sales, you're not licensed, but all the sales that you make go into like a sales account, right? So every time, um, once you're licensed, and you break quarter um, every week, you get 20% of what's in that account. And to me, that was a lot of money. But now that I'm here, I'm like, what the hell was I thinking? But it was such a good start <laughs> because I got a love for like what we do. You know, um, I was a, I was an agent that was assigned to the city of Almani. Every agent has a city. And there's so many like Hispanic, you know, people there. And um, there, what what drove me, honestly, was like... Um, like the the whole educating people or like teaching people what life insurance was, you know, I got to meet a lot of cool people, made a lot of cool connections. So the boss, you know, her brother-in-law, that was my boss. And um, he, I learned everything from him. I used to like, like I used to just be like, can you come to this appointment with me, please? Like, I didn't care. You know, he never, he, he never like said no to me. And um, I like, we became really close with his family and everything. Cause technically we were kind of like family. So he left to another company, has three letters in it. And then like the, um, you know, this starts with the P. And um, mm. for a whole year, he would send me like, you know, hey, this is how much money we made. This is how much money we made. You can become an owner of the company. And I was like scared because I all I ever knew was a job. And when I finally like I resigned and I went to work for him and I was like, why did I do that? You know, because everything is so focused on recruiting, but not recruiting for the right reasons. You're recruiting kind of more for appearances, you know. Yeah. And um, so fast forward, I ended up with like a lot of credit card debt because, you know, everything was. And um, I was actually recruited by Jose Patino, who at that time he was doing a lot. He was like the golden child of like relentless. And I'm like, you're lying. And he's like, why would I lie? Like, this is, this is my deposits. And I'm like, I'm like, you were doing so good over here. Like, why'd you leave? And he's like, cause I was at a meeting one time and I took a step back and I said, like, is this really what I want to do now that I have a daughter? Do I really want to come here and pretend every Tuesday night, you know, and, and then go back home broke. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's you're right. Because at that point, my husband and I were fighting a lot for the same reasons. He was like, <laughs> I would have the girls on my team or, you know, over for, you know, lunch or whatever. And then he would walk in and he would say, like, oh, look at this little nonprofit organization. Thing. <laughs> that's called game. <laughs> and um, and that's pretty much what it was, though. So I'm like, I, I just I could not stop thinking about it. And I'm like. I owe them this. I owe my team this. Cause at that, let me tell you guys, um, FFL was like a huge threat to them. Okay. Oh I'm not, um, it wasn't just like 10, 20 people. It was thousands of people leaving at that time. And every single training or every single call that we would have, it was always, uh, like why, why be a builder versus a producer? And it was so much brainwashing that was going on. Mm-hmm. And you know, like you can't be a quitter. Like, um, just like 
it was so it was like such a tough mental battle because i'm like i came this far like i got into all this debt for what i all these people behind me they believe in me and what i'm just gonna quit like it was it was tough you know plus not to mention i was like i had just had my my daughter so i was going through like postpartum depression and all this stuff like money problems and stuff and and then i just like um uh mari carmen albert you know mari carmen yep. he was like if you don't leave i'm gonna leave and i really don't want to be your upline so you better leave before us <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so, and I had these girls, like a lot of my team was like, let's just go, let's just go. And I'm like, so when we left, there was like over 50 people that came with me, even people that were not on my team, just people in that office or like that, you know, like liked me or, you know, we, we talked and yeah. I'm like, man, every, like people are just looking for direction, you know? So I felt so like you, you were like an MD or higher above that. Yeah, I, no, I wasn't empty. I wasn't empty, but, um, you know, over there, when you're a leader, it's it's more of a title. And, like, uh, mm -hmm. it's, like, you know, they used to make, um, like, here, that's why it's so weird. When I first started going to the Gardena office and I would see you guys walk out, I would just be, like, not scared, but I would be, like, oh, my God, like, I saw him in a podcast. Because <laughs> the edification has a whole, like, different level in, right. in that company. Crazy. Because it's, like, you're untouchable. You have to qualify to talk to them and... And it was like, and seeing you guys like coming in and out of those offices, I was like, oh my God, I felt like you guys were celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, it was always, it was always kind of weird because I would, I would see people come in and the, people were like way too deferential. I'm like, you don't need to show me this much respect. I mean, like we're, we're all just regular people. Like, but, hello, sir. <laughs> yeah. When people say, oh, excuse me, sir. And I'm like, Albert, just call me, just talk to me like a regular person. But, yeah. That's crazy. And so, um. And it was just, you know, coming over here, it was like, oh, my God, like, these people are actually willing to talk to you, willing to help you. I remember, like, asking JP questions sometimes. And I'm like, oh, my God, that was so easy. He said it like nothing. And over there, it was like, you had a question, and they gave you a whole hour, like, oh, you got to read this book. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to read no more books. I'm trying to make some money, you know? <laughs> so, um, and that was how I came here. And and um, I feel like everyone watching us, you know, we were posting. We used to make like all these funny posts on Facebook that uh, Instagram that we ended up getting in trouble for later on. <laughs> it's better to ask for forgiveness <laughs> than for ask, than ask for permission. You know? I, and I really don't care. I'm like, because I, I, I told Alondra one time, I'm like, they could, they do. What are they going to sue me for, Alondra? I don't have anything like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> You know, so um, it was just it was just really funny, you know, because everything that we said was facts and that's why they were mad. But um, I feel like um, just the way that I was with people, because because just telling you guys like how I was always broke, I was always like at jobs where, you know, I wasn't it was just not enough money for the the life that I was destined for, you know, and um and I feel like I always like Monica, who Monica was to me, like how she believed in me and she gave me an opportunity. And even though maybe not at that moment, I wasn't going to relocate to Tulare or to Visalia, but she kept me in mind, you know, they could have, she could have let them hire anybody else. And she kept me in mind. And I'm like, I, I, I always try to be the person that, that I wish I always try to be the people like what the person that I wish I had, you know, or, and um, I think, that like that's what's helped me recruit a lot because i've had like 
girls reach out to me that I don't personally know, like, hey, I see how you manage everything, like how you, you know, you're always with your kids and you run a business. She's like, and that inspires me. Like, I want to work with someone like you. And uh, the majority of my team is like moms. But now I got away from that because as moms, we also have a lot of like obstacles to even get stuff done outside of the house. So now I'm like, you know, more like after. I was about to say now I'm after young men, but I'm not. <laughs> that plot thickens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I have like a lot of like younger, like young men now on our team, and like they're hungry. Like Griselda, Griselda told one of her downlines, like you better not get a girlfriend because if you get a girlfriend, I'm not gonna work with you, and you you just need to go back to your job. <laughs> because it's gonna, me and you are going to be working together. There's a lot of girls in the office. You're, it's, she's just going to be jealous and she's going to be toxic and you're not going to make any money because she's going to want to, you know, know where you're at all the time. And that's, that's the kind of like, you know, uh, like demographic that we have going on right now. Uh, we have a lot of, I'm excited, you know, because for a long time I was telling Albert the, uh, the other, like yesterday, like I was kind of like struggling a lot mentally because, you know, sometimes you care about people too much and you mm -hmm. want more for them than they wanted for themselves. And, and that just like brings you down, you know? Um, but yeah, I have, I had to. <laughs> I had to channel my inner Alondra and be a little cold hearted about, <laughs> about detaching and, you know, like letting, you know, letting uh, everyone figure out their own things. So. Yeah. Everyone's got to run their own, run their own yeah. course and, and, and do their own thing. Like, like mm -hmm. you're you, I mean, you got, you got fearless. You're your own person. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it, it doesn't mean like you doesn't mean like you have nothing to do with anyone else. It's just, you got to find your own, build your own thing at some point. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, yeah. And then just like, um, like I had to learn how to not be so available to everyone, you know, because That's if you really want, if you, we all started at the same time and if you really wanted to do this, you would have been even better than me or, you know, um, so just a, a lot of things like that. But I, I've always liked recruiting. I've always liked, um, and I, I like, like he was saying right now, um, I, at first, I think because coming from PHP, we were so desperate to like recruit literally anybody. You would, right. you know, bring your grandma back from the dead if you could just to ask <laughs> her social. But um, now, and, and in the beginning in FFL, everyone was coming over because they wanted to make money. And what happens? Everyone makes money, then they don't, they spend it because they're so used to living off so little that when they start making money, they spend it and then the chargebacks come and then mm -hmm. everyone freezes and then and i was i don't want to recruit people like that anymore so now i'm a lot more selective you know but i like to study people when i'm you know about to offer them an opportunity because um they're not everyone's gonna do this full time but in my like once i talk to someone and i hear a little bit about their story or their situation their background if i can help bring you know an additional five ten thousand dollars to that family then hey i serve my purpose with them you know, mm -hmm. so okay. I, it's, it's, sorry, go ahead. No, no, and and that's always what I'm. You know, when I'm talking to people, I'm like, okay, she could, she she looks like someone that, like you mentioned, right? Um, there's you can get a feel for people usually. So sometimes you're wrong though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pe people got to prove themselves over time, and you know, you got to prove yourself over time too. I mean, it's a two way street all the time. But you know, it's it's actually a really good thing to hear that you're. You're branching out because you're you were you had so many single mothers or mothers on your team, and then 
now you're trying to round it out a little bit with more males. And that's the thing. I mean, I'm blessed with a very diverse team. You wouldn't be able to tell in studio today, but you know, we, we have a very diverse group <laughs> and, uh, you know, all those different perspectives, all those different experiences. I mean, that all, that all teaches me things to, to be able to learn how to continue to scale at it, you know, with different groups and talk to different people. And it's, it's a tremendous help. So, I mean, I'm, I'm really excited for you to continue to do that. And plus it challenges us to, to go beyond our comfort zones and beyond and go beyond what we're accustomed to. That's where the growth really is. Yeah. yeah. So before we let you go, Lisa, I've got, got a couple of final questions for you. So first of all, um, for someone, if there's an agent struggling or a manager that's struggling, what advice would you give them? Just keep going. You know, um, we all go through stuff and, and it's not as easy as every, as the next, it's not as easy for everyone um, to just kind of like get up and go. But um, for me personally, like what drives me when I'm going through stuff, I could be fighting with my husband. I could be like just going through whatever i just work i just get on the phones i just start like sending messages um ever since the conference i've sent about 780 um dms on instagram just now to random people like you had i just hashtag los angeles hashtag la puente i've sent almost 800 messages guys just like i used to do a php but except now i have something like to really offer them you know and um i i just that that's whatever work looks like for you, even if it's not something that's going to make you money right away, like that's how you're going to get out of it. Because if you just sit there at home, you're going through it and you're struggling and what happens, you start to look at everyone like with a negative, like in a negative way where you kind of start like hating on them a little bit, like fucking lying, you know, like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Right. And all that, all that does is just kind of like push you further and further away from the business, you know? So I always tell people, like, just get up, just go work, like, go for a walk, you know, um, and then get back to it, get on the phones, like, reach out to people. So I think work, for me, for me, work cures all, you know? That's good advice. That's just got to keep going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, no other choice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, obviously, you know, you kind of you kind of alluded to it, you know, you like nice stuff, you know, you've elevated your lifestyle, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with them. I do, too. You know, that, but we're in a perfect job to be able to do that because we can keep working. But aside from the money, what do you do this for? Um, Just being able to provide my family with experiences. You know, there was six of us growing up and my mom never worked. My mom was the type that for everything she had coupons. I remember we did get to go to Knott's and, and Disneyland, but it was with the soda can. Remember the coupons on the soda can and stuff. And, (laughs) I never knew what like um, food at a theme park was because my mom used to pack a backpack full of sandwiches and we would get there, you know, just things like that. And, um, you know, like my, I have, it's my son, my nephews, my, both of my sisters have boys, like they're all around the same age and these kids are expensive, but like, I kind of like being, and I know I'm not like, I'm nowhere near like where you guys are at, you know, financially and stuff, but I can make it happen for the people around me, you know? And I just love that feeling. Like if my sisters are struggling and my nephews reach out to me, that drives me, you guys, like Elisa, you think you can, um, you think you can like send me, you know, $50 for this. Oh my God. That like brings me to life. Like just knowing I can do that for them. Um, and just, you Until know, they ask too often. <laughs> yeah. My, my now you got to claim like, as a dependent. <laughs> you let, <laughs> I wish, I wish. 
But my, my nephew, he's like 11 years old and he's all into shoes and he sends me his um, birthday list. And it was like these Travis Scott shoes that were like, uh, like almost $12,000. I'm like, what? I told my sister, I'm like, I found this guy on Instagram that has the shoes that, that Isaac wants, but they're only like $200. And she's like, how? I'm like, cause they're fake. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he like, he, he never... won't know the difference right now. Go get them for him. <laughs> but that, I, all that, like my family, you know, cause when we grew up, we didn't have like, we were not poor. We were not, you know, but we didn't have all the things that we want to do. And we were girls. The, it was four girls. So girls want a lot more things. And um, I think with my son, it was kind of like I was always on survival mode, you know. And when once I got married and stuff and he was in sports, sports are expensive, too. And sometimes we didn't have the money for it. You know, my mom would help us out. Um, but now that I have daughters, you guys, I think. Honestly, I think having daughters is what like transformed a lot of things about me because I want to empower them. I want them to see like, hey, it's not just it wasn't just daddy's money. It wasn't just like daddy doing everything like my mom has a business, you know, like we go to my mom's office like we go like my mom. can My mom can give your mom a job. Wow. You know, that, like to me, like just knowing that I'm raising little girls that are going to be women like that just that did it for me you know so and they're bossy too like they'll uh yeah um oh you guys don't speak spanish but they'll be like because they my kids um, we speak so yeah <laughs> so my my daughters will be like mommy ya te vas a trabajar you're going to work i'm like si sí, voy a trabajar okay vas a agarrar dinero para target because my kids like, go to target. like you know so just that's what does it for me, like being able to provide my family with experiences like that. You know, I went to uh, we were in Mexico for two weeks and um, I worked, obviously, before I, I left. And so just like every single day I was getting deposits, you guys, every single day. Awesome. And I'm like. Before, when we would go on vacation, it was like, man, is it Friday yet? Because that's when I get paid on Fridays, you know right stuff like that that's a really awesome story i'm 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 really happy for for your success i remember i remember seeing you when you when you first came over and you know you've come you've come a long way and i I know that you're you care about your people and you continue to you know put that first when you're recruiting people and bringing people in so as long as you continue to do that i mean i think you're clearly going to make mistakes along the way because we all do and that's just part of the process but with the right attitude and you continue to, to care about people and continue putting that work. I mean, you're going to go a long way in this business. Thank you. Well, we got Lisa Montiel. You know, thank you very much for joining us. One last well, thing. Um, how do we find you on social media yeah. since you're doing all that? <laughs> we want to be able to copy handle? You, your IG. Oh, well, I guess I could tell you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Ellie Mon Life. So E-L-Y-M-O-N and then Life. Cool. So Blow one up. of my one of my new guys um he's in san diego he's he's one of our uh he's one of our he's like a few guys down from me but he has a really powerful tiktok presence and he actually makes money on tiktok he talks about like masculinity and topics like that mm -hmm. and um tiktok pays him like he showed me his little you know deposits and stuff and so that kind of inspired me to start making life insurance um like reels and stuff you know I've seen some. Yeah, so I'm gonna start doing that because I feel like it's important. You know, it should it shouldn't have to be such a serious topic. I feel like if people see the fun in it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, 
social media serves a lot of different purposes. I mean, if if your goal is to monetize it and make money off of the content that you put out, that's great. If you want to market your business, if you want to market your own self, you want to build your brand, whatever it may be. Like for for me, I mean, I feel like I have message, I have I have things I want to say, and messages I want to get out, and you know, that's one way to share it. So. Whatever, whatever it happens to be for you. I mean, I'm, I'm real happy. Maybe for not me saying money off Instagram, but just wait till my daughters are old enough. They're going to be TikTok stars too. His daughter, yeah. John's daughter too. Yeah, she, she loves that. I can't find you. E-L-I-M-O-L-Y. Okay. Life. Got it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll be seeing you around. I mean, we're, yeah. uh, we'll, de- we'll definitely got to get you in studio one of, one of these days. But uh, just keep doing your thing. Continue to push. Keep being there for your team. Appreciate yeah. you uh, spending some time with us today. Thank you. All right. All right, you guys. And then Kyle, thank you very much for coming. Yeah, thank you. you Spending some time with us. John, thank you as as always. All everyone that's on here, producer Bryce. Uh, So let's, let's let's take some of these things. Let's let's go out there and have the prime effect on other people. Let's, 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 uh, you know, be the leader that you would like to have, be the leader that you, that you know would benefit other people. As long as you continue to do stuff like that. I mean, you just got to stay in the game. Just keep, keep pushing forward and let's figure it out. You need anything? Let us know, reach out. Otherwise, see you next time. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Appreciate you guys taking the time. If you guys enjoyed what you guys saw, you know, please like, subscribe, follow, all that good stuff. Also, if you guys have any future topics that you'd like us to address in the future, we're here to try to provide value for you guys, just like you're providing value to us. Appreciate y'all.